guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex Students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. All right. Hey, everybody. What's up? Welcome back. From taking uh, about five. Well, it's about five minutes. It's not an exact five minutes. Sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. Sometimes Derek likes to be a prankster and give you less. Fun fact. Hey, um, I'm going to ask a question. Have you ever heard this familiar expression before? It is better to give than to receive. Raise your hand if you've heard that one. Yeah. So, hey, where that comes from, actually, is that uh, the Apostle Paul writes that statement in the New Testament of the Bible in the book of Acts. Um, And I'm going to start this off tonight with that, but I want to title this message, Give a Little Bit, uh, for two reasons. I couldn't think of a more creative way, but also um, it reminded me of a song that none of you will know. But I will think of it every time that I see the slide. So, yes, we are old. In the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 35, it says, And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So, basically, the long story short here is that, you know... Paul's talking about how basically like during his ministry and his time on this earth, basically like he could have just basically collected from people um, and been been blessed by people that were wanted to give him all kinds of things. And, um, but he was working the whole entire time that uh, he was ministering as well um, in order that he can basically give, out of the abundance that God provided for him. That's the gist of that, that verse, and we'll kind of interweave this into things uh, throughout the night. But I've pondered this statement many times, all right? Uh, and honestly, I usually use it as an excuse um, to not let people give me stuff. Um, here's a, a fun fact. I'm not a good gift receiver. Uh, anybody else? Like me, you don't like to get gifts from people. Uh, it's not that I don't like gifts. It's just like, I don't know. It's it's awkward. I don't want people to feel like, you know, you have to give me something or, um, you know, it's just like a personal thing. I would much rather give something to you than have you give something to me. So much so that like, I don't really even have like birthday get togethers and stuff like that. Um, I, I don't know. It's just like, to me, it's like, you don't have to give me anything. Like I want your gift to me to be like, just leave me alone. <laughs> just no, no. Like, and it's hard because as people, as people, like we want to love each other, right? Like that's like a natural thing. Like we want everyone to like, feel the love and sometimes by doing that we give each other gifts and stuff but like for me like I would love it if you just let me sit on the couch and veg out Um, so recently I've asked myself 
are there times that this statement would be really, really hard to live out? Um, and here are a few scenarios that I want to walk through together tonight, and then we can decide if it's truly better to give or receive. And these are, these are kind of um, more on the fun side. So would you rather give or receive the following? A bag of Doritos. Raise your hand if you would rather give somebody a bag of Doritos. Is it because you don't like Doritos? Or like, what? Okay, raise your hand if you would like to receive a bag of Doritos. You literally just received her bag of Doritos. Um, if they're Cool Ranch, this might be like my exception. I might let you give me a gift for that. Okay, raise your hand. Would you rather give somebody a Chipotle burrito bowl? Okay, a couple hands up. Ew, what? Mistakes were made right in the front. All right, um, would you rather receive a Chipotle burrito bowl? Okay. So we got a mixed, we got a mixed review here. We got a mixed review here. Uh, here's one that I think... I don't know. I mean, I think someone's going to say that they'd rather receive this just to be a troublemaker. How about an atomic wedgie? Yeah, like an atomic wedgie, like when they pull your unders like up and like right over the top of your head. Do you ever get one of those? I don't know. They probably don't do that anymore. Like, okay. Would you rather, you have to pick one. You have to pick one. Would you rather give an atomic wedgie? Would you rather receive an atomic wedgie? I don't know. I saw some people that did not pick anything. Um, all right, here's one that's a little nicer. A hug. We all know how Dave feels about this. So don't touch Dave. Um, Yes. Would you rather receive a hug? Raise your hand if you'd like to receive a hug. Raise your hand if you want to give a hug. That one's a little trickier because, like, I guess, like, you're technically getting a hug no matter what. It's just, like, are you the aggressor in the hugging? All right. So here's the last one. Would you rather give a Christmas or a birthday present to someone else? Raise your hand if you'd rather give somebody. I'm in that group. I'd rather give somebody. Raise your hand if you would rather receive. All right, all the selfish people. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. It's okay to want to receive a gift. All right? The point of that is to uh, identify this, that giving is not always our first natural response. Uh, in fact, as humans, we tend to have wants and needs in our life, uh, and our brains almost like become fixated on getting those things. So we don't always intend to be selfish, uh, but a lot of times we end up becoming that way uh, rather than being generous uh, because we get so fixated on the things that we want, the things that we feel like we need. Sometimes we actually do need. Um, And science actually has a lot to say about the act of giving. You know me, I'm a big science guy. Um, If you have ever heard the term pay it forward, have you ever heard that term before? Uh, basically, it means that, like, here's an example. You're in a drive-thru, and you get up to the window, 
And the person inside says, oh, you don't have to worry about it. The person in front of you uh, wanted to pay for your coffee or wanted to pay for your tacos or your cheeseburger um, just to, to pay it forward, basically. It's, it's somebody, you know, giving something um, so that, you know, the next person in the line or the next person in general uh, doesn't have to worry about it. So um, science actually tells us that when we give something, that we release like chemicals from our brain and into our body that makes us feel good. And like, I'm not even going to try to deep dive into what the name of those um, chemicals and the reactions are. Um, but it's a scientific fact that when we give things or we gift something to someone else, that our brain releases uh, a, a good, that butterfly in your tummy's uh, emotional feeling. So when we give, it does a bunch of other things for us as well. It teaches us responsibility. Uh, it helps us to prioritize things in our lives. Uh, it, can ex it can inspire other people. Like if I go through the drive-thru and somebody already paid for my coffee, then I might be inspired to do the same for the next person behind me. But then I'm going to be sad when they ordered like 15 lattes for everybody in the office. But still, um, it inspires me um, to want to do something good. And it makes a genuine difference for both sides. As we talked about, the brain releases that good feeling, that feeling of generosity, those good vibes, if you will. Um, and then the person behind you, obviously, or when you do something, give to somebody else, it makes them feel good as well. So we kind of discussed a little bit how it's difficult and you know why we should give from a, a really general perspective. But what does the Bible say about giving? Today I'm going to focus on three different areas that I feel like we can give in. And in natural way, I made them all have the same letter. Because that's what you do when you do these types of things. All right. So the first one I want to talk about is time. Okay, how do we give our time? And I think this might be honestly, if we're being honest with ourselves and others, uh, it might be one of the most difficult areas um, in today's world to give as our time. And yet everyone has the same amount of time in each day, right? There's only 24 hours. There's not any more. There's not any less. Uh, the real issue is what we prioritize to do with that time. Uh, it's really easy uh, to be selfish about it. It's super easy for me to be selfish about it. I could say, oh, you know, Joe Schmo needs help cutting his grass across the street, but uh, I, I don't know, the Phillies game is on, so well, I don't know, what do I really want to do? Um, it's easy to be selfish. You know, when we're going through long days of school or we're working or we just want to have some time to unwind and veg out, watch a show, play a game, whatever it is, um, it's super easy to just want to, use that time for ourselves. And that's good. That's fine. A lot of times we give our time to people and things um, that we love the most. So among those could be best friends. It could be reading. It could be working on art. It could be playing video games, uh, watching movies, playing or watching sports, a slew of other hobbies. All right. Um, like when I was younger, one of the things that I did so much for a ridiculous amount of time was like just yo-yo. Like, I don't know how or why, but like I would just like play a yo-yo and do tricks for just like hours. Like, I don't know why. It was just like how I spent my time. So you could literally be doing a ton of other things with your time um, to unwind. 
There's nothing wrong at all with spending time doing those things. Right? It's healthy, it's reasonable to commit time uh, to do any or all of them. The issue comes in when we give all of our time and we prioritize all of our time over everything and everyone else. That's when it becomes a little bit more on the uh, not-so-nice side. Is that how I'm going to say it? Uh, so for the sake of conversation tonight, I believe there are two areas that we need to give of our time better, all right? To God and to people, all right? And I'll explain that here in just a second. John chapter 15, verse 4 says, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So this, I like this illustration uh, of a branch uh, for a couple of reasons. I mean, number one, I've been getting into more and more like gardening and like growing things around my house the last couple of years. So um, I feel like it relates to that well. Um, but it's also perfect because it emphasizes the need to stay connected. All right, when we talk about the vine, uh, when the branch is severed, it's no longer going to be able to um, survive on its own. So we're, we are much the same way in our relationship with God. If we don't spend any time with God, whether that's spending time praying, uh, whether that's spending time reading our Bible, whether that's spending time worshiping or praising God, um, studying, reading, reading Christian books and things like that, um, we, without realizing it, when we don't spend any of that time, we are becoming more and more disconnected from the vine. So we might be able to remain intact for a while. Like one of the things that I like to do now, because like, I don't know, I'm such like a gentleman, is occasionally I will cut a rose off of one of my rose bushes and like I'll scrape all the thorns off and then I'll take it inside and I'll hand it to my wife or I'll hand it to one of the girls and just be like, oh, here, this is for you. And it's like just nice because, you know, I'm a classy gentleman like that. Don't laugh if you don't got game, all right? So for a little while, that rose can remain intact. All right, you can put it in water. Uh, it'll stay alive for a little bit. But ultimately, because it's been disconnected from the actual root system, from the vine, so to speak, it's technically, from the moment you cut it, starting the process of dying. So when we don't stay connected... Uh, that's really what happens to us. We're slowly getting closer and closer to being spiritually uh, deficient. Our, our minerals that we would need, so to speak, in a spiritual sense, are waning. So imagine with me, if you will, that you have a friend, but this friend only ever talks to you or wants to spend time with you when they want something. Probably not really the kind of friend that you want to be around, right? doesn't sound like somebody that you want to spend a whole bunch of time with if they're just kind of like constantly, you know, only wanting something from you. So it's the same way when we are disconnected from God. Like really the only time that we're, we're reaching out then or the only time that we're praying or, you know, spending time with him is then when we need something, right? It's, we're trying to kind of get something uh, in return for the most part. Now, obviously, there could be times when like, yeah, I just don't, I'm guilty of this all the time. Like, I don't spend enough time reading my Bible or I don't spend as much time as I should praying, but like I still go to church and do all these things. So I'm not saying that like 
because you don't spend enough time, like that's a constant battle that we're all going to have, that you're slowly spiritually dying. Please don't hear that. Um, but really what I'm saying is that when we completely disconnect and we completely unplug from God, that's when we're going to start having problems. Another area we can give time is to people. Wow, that's so small. Sorry. I'm going to read this to you from Romans chapter 15, starting in verse 9. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Whoops. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. We've been called to give time to the people around us. And I think that this is an area that is obviously especially important like within the body of Christ, within the church. Um, You know, it says here that, you know, we should be happy with those who are happy. We should weep with those who are weeping. We should mourn with those who are mourning. mourning. Like the, the general idea behind this is that like we're not meant to live this Christian life by ourselves. We're not meant to go through all these experiences, uh, feel all of these emotions, uh, ride the quote roller coaster of life by ourselves. Like we're supposed to all partner up and do this thing together. We need the body of Christ to work together on this journey. When we love each other genuinely, then we're going to give time to one another. It happens naturally. You know, you think about the people that you're closest with. Um, there's a genuine love that you have between each other. So naturally, like you've kind of like pulled to spend more time uh, being with those people. But when we genuinely love one another, we're also more likely um, to give time when others are in need. All right. So we're going to be sensitive to people that have a need, uh, different things that uh, are happening in their lives. We're going to be more sensitive to seeing that and reacting to it. Uh, if I'm being honest, like I, I think that I fall short in these areas a lot of times. Um, I think as the church, we fall short in these areas a lot of times. And sometimes it's because we're so consumed with our own lives, and sometimes we just don't want to spend time with other people. Um, I've been guilty of that. It's just been like, oh, I just need like some time to unwind. But if we took a step back and genuinely examined what's truly important, what conclusion do you think we would come to? I think that we would decide that spending time with God and with people is ultimately more important than all the other stuff that we've got going on, going on the back burner, whether that's, you know, uh, oh, well, I really wanted to cut this pattern into my grass this weekend, or, oh, I really wanted to, like, I don't know, I'm just thinking of things off the cuff, but, like, I really wanted to download this new game, Uh, you know, whatever it is, I wanted to watch this movie. Um, Sometimes it's more important to give that time sacrificially to God and to other people. All right, the next area that I feel like we can give is talent, all right? Um, 
And before we kind of groan and give the built-in response of like, I don't have any talent, let's consider this. In some way, we are all talented. Okay, repeat that after me. In some way, we are all talented. Very good. You guys almost sound like one or two of you believed it too, so... Um, Listen, talent looks very different across all people uh, because I I look at it like this way. When you picture uh, snowflakes, how no two two snowflakes are identically the same, no two people are really identically the same either. Um, We all have different personalities. We all have different giftings and abilities and things. So um, everybody's talents are going to look and be communicated differently. And I think an area where we sometimes make a mistake is elevating certain talents over others, all right? Um, And sometimes it's just easy to view things that are more like public, more out in front, um, as more of a talent. Um, You know, we we tend to do it all the time. Like, oh, I could never get up and speak in front of uh, people, or oh, I could never get up and sing in front of people, or play in front of people, um, which is fine, but like it doesn't necessarily mean that that's an elevated talent. And I think that one of the areas that um, I, we tend to do is we look at folks that are more like out in the front with things that they're doing and we elevate that talent. Some talents involve things that are often overlooked. Like here's where I want you to kind of focus because we mentioned how everybody has talent in their own way. What about hospitality? Like, can you be nice? Don't answer if you can't, all right? Um, But like, technically, we can all be nice. Like, we can all be welcoming. Mercy, um, administrative skills, like doing the things behind the scenes that nobody's really thinking about. Just general service. Like, can you open a door? If you can open a door, that's a gift. Because, like, just being there to help people. Like, think about it. Like, we, we kind of laugh about it and it almost sounds silly, but like we think like, oh, I don't have any gifts. Like, I don't know where I can serve in church. Like, okay, well, what if somebody's coming with a walker or a wheelchair or something and you have the ability to physically open a door? Like, that's a gifting. That's a way you can serve is to help somebody who is, it's not going to be as easy for them to do that. So like we overlook some of the smallest things sometimes. Hopefully this is, oh, that's so small. Oh. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. It says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts are made up of one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you see? Or smell, sorry. How would you smell anything? I put my writing too small too. But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part where he wants it. That's so important. Like if you don't hear anything else, 
God has put each part where he wants it. God has put each one of us where he wants us. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it, and if one part is honored, all the parts are glad." This is such a simple truth um, in, in plain text that's conveyed in this message. The church universal, the body of Christ, you and I, we need every single one of us and every single one of our talents and abilities in order to function. It's as simple as that. If you picture a foot, you think like, oh, pinky toe, like what's that really doing? It's just like the ugly one on the end. <laughs> Story of my life. Um, but anyway, like, you cut the pinky toe off, your balance is out of whack. And you have to like, eventually you'll be able to walk and everything, but like you've got to readjust. You have to figure it out again. Um, it's going to be different. Um, we think of it as like such a minute thing, not that important, but like it's keeping the balance. No function of the church and no talent is lesser than any other person. That's so important. As believers, we have to do a much better job of developing and recognizing different gifts and talents in the church. And sometimes the most important talent is just loving people and giving them a hug. Or praying with somebody. Or praying for somebody and they don't even realize it. Sometimes it's smiling and waving at somebody in the parking lot. Um, and I don't say this to try and like beat my own chest, but something that I like to do um, is kind of deflect praise. Uh, I like to share praise with other people. So like people say things like, uh, oh, you know, it's so cool. We hear comments all the time because like people are watching the, the live stream of church and it's like, oh, I just love what you guys are doing. And one of the things I like to do is just be like, yeah, the team, the team just does such a great job. Like the, the camera operators, they give us great shots. Like when you deflect praise, um, it takes the emphasis off of you and it emphasizes all of the talents that it takes to make all that happen because it's not one person when we start to recognize publicly that everyone's talents and abilities are important i believe that we'll see more and more people who are willing to share their talent the last area that i want to focus on is to give your treasure all right this one's kind of the uh trickier one the one that we don't like to talk about as much this is where a lot of our focus and energy goes to, though, because in this grouping, we start to talk about cash money. So giving money or resources has always been an important element to believers and to society. Uh, when people are in need, you know, giving money, giving resources such as food, clothing, uh, homes, uh, furniture, things like that, uh, it's a natural human response. We see a physical or practical need in front of us. We have a way to help, and we respond to it. So I want to be careful about how I say this next part, though, because there are so many places 
and people in the world who are in need. And almost everywhere you turn, there's a GoFundMe or a fundraiser or somebody's collecting for something. And those are all fine and well. And we understand that people want to rally around needs. Um, as someone who has actually donated money, raised money for people that are in these groups, I understand the power of a community rallying together. I think the area that we get in trouble is when we are so quick to give to all of these different causes, and whether you realize it or not, your generation is being labeled as the generation who most rallies around causes. When people have a need, your generation, above any other generation, comes and meets that need. But the issue is when we're so quick to give to all of these different causes, but then we drag our feet about giving time or our talent or our treasure to God, that's where we're missing the mark. When we're so focused on all of the other outside areas that we're lacking on what we're giving to God, that's where we miss the mark. So if we believe in the mission of the church and we're behind the ministry that they're doing, then ultimately we should be willing to give of our time, to give of our talent, and to give of our treasure. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 1, says, Watch out, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. So Jesus himself is highlighting the importance of giving by saying here that God honors and rewards our giving. Uh, we don't need to make a spectacle out of it, obviously. Um, it's fine to, again, rally around different causes and different people and things like that. But when we're making a spectacle about it to basically beat our chest and say, like, yeah, look at what I did. Look how much I gave. Um, we're falling short there. So I believe the idea of don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing speaks to being consistent and faithful in giving. Uh, it would be so easy to focus on what we could get in return from giving of our time, our, our talents, our treasures. Uh, but in this example, the right hand is just continually faithfully giving and not even letting the left hand know to be worried about it. It's just being faithful and just giving. It's an uncomfortable conversation when we, when we talk about money especially. Um, one of the things that I always go back to is that um, in the days of Moses, the Israelites uh, started tithing a portion of their first fruits of their annual harvest to God. Um, so what they were doing was it was an exercise in recognizing that everything that they had, they got from God. And out of their gratefulness for that, they were giving a portion of it back as a sacrifice, as, a, as an offering. Um, God ultimately doesn't need our money. Uh, but the expression that goes, you know, where your money is, there your heart will go also, uh, can easily play out every single day in our lives. Um, we tend to give to the things that we are most passionate about. We invest money into things that we love to do the most, the people that we love the most. So giving a portion of what we make should be a good habit 
the right hand, I'm holding the wrong, mic, the wrong hand because of the microphone, but the right hand, uh, just continually out of habit, giving back to God out of thanksgiving uh, for what he's given to us, not letting the showboat side focus on it, but just doing it um, just out of reflection and out of thankfulness to God. Um, it's a really simple, easy, practical way that even as young people uh, that we can start to um, develop good, healthy habits in giving. I found that through my life, uh, when I faithfully and regularly give to God, usually before anything else, he meets every single need and every single, a lot of wants, not every single, but a lot of wants that I have in my life as well. Um, I've never really lacked for anything that I've ever needed uh, when I'm being faithful and what I'm giving to God, whether that's time, whether that's talent, or in this case, whether it's money. Um, when you're faithful and giving, God honors and rewards it. And I believe uh, that just as the book of Matthew highlight, highlights to us, God does want to reward us for being faithful. So what areas can we make a commitment to giving? Uh, starting and creating a routine at your age is so important to the long-term success in, in creating healthy habits. Uh, if we commit to giving time to God each and every day, and time to others each and every day, it becomes a healthy, lifelong habit that we do. Delaying, dragging our feet, and waiting on it makes it even more difficult. Trust me, I can tell you from experience. If we commit to giving our talents to serve, we're joining in with the body of Christ and reaching others. Regardless of how important that we feel like our talents are, they're a vital part to the big picture. And if we commit to giving our money and resources to those in need or to furthering the kingdom of God, we're creating another healthy habit. Being faithful and showing our thanks to God for what he's given us by giving a small portion back that he gives us, uh, it honors God and he'll reward us for it. Um, I'm going to just share a super quick story. All right. I was 14 years old. I started going to church a long time ago, um, many moons, and I, you know, I got more and more involved. And when I, after I turned 15, we went to convention, and I really seriously committed my life and, and you know gave my life to God. And I had a youth pastor at the time who saw the value in getting involved. So where I was dragging my feet and saying like, well, I don't like play guitar or like I don't want to sing in front of anybody. Um, I don't really want to be in front of people. Um, found something that I could do, all right? So I had the most important job in the entire church. No big deal, 15 years old. I was putting the worship songs on the overhead projector on Sunday morning. And not like this, it was like an actual thing with like the whole like arm John that went up like this and the light bulb. And they had the clear things that you had to put on there. But it wasn't as simple as like, oh, you just got to put the words on there and let it, let it go. Because if you didn't slide it up every line so that Miss Betty could see it in the back, you know, she would whack you with her cane. She would beat you relentlessly with a cane. Important job, all right? But it didn't take a ton of talent to be able to do that, to be able to serve and just move that slide up and put the words up there. But it created a habit at the age of 15 of being involved, starting to do things, 
Um, and I think that's really what we need to focus on over the next you know, several weeks as we reflect on things. Um, what are some ways that we can ask God to use us with our time, our talents, and our treasure, ultimately to grow closer to him and to help others grow closer to Jesus every single day? That's the challenge I'm going to leave you with tonight. God, thank you so much for this time to uh, discuss how we can give, uh, where we can give, what we can give in our time, uh, giving in our talents, and giving in our treasure. God, I pray that um, we wouldn't just take it as another message, Lord, but we would uh, challenge ourselves and and truly spend some time uh, asking you, God, what would you have me do? How would you have me give? Uh, whether it's to people, to the church, uh, serving in a different way. How can you use my time, my talent, and my treasure to have people grow closer to Jesus? Because that's what it's all about, and we want to honor you with all three areas. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.